Time for seafood news. Welcome back to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erner Berry staff writer Ryan Doyle. This week's episode is part of Erner Berry's Insights Spotlight Week, highlighting food service recovery. Registering for the Insights Spotlight also includes complimentary access to Comtel. Find more content on food service recovery by visiting Comtel.com slash insights. Thanks, Ryan. Like you mentioned, this week we'll be focusing on food service recovery. And well, it's an obvious statement, but Wow, did food service have a rough year. (laughs) When the pandemic really first hit the U.S. in March 2020, I don't think any one of us anticipated the impact it would have on food service. Um, I know a couple coworkers and I went out for lunch on the day that New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy announced that they'd be shutting down indoor dining. And none of us, you know, thought that the dining closures would last as long as they did. I think uh, one of the ongoing jokes is like, oh, we'll we'll see each other in two weeks, right? But... um, you know, we're finally on the road to recovery, albeit, you know, with some hiccups along the way. And, and that's definitely right. And I can happily report that restaurant sales did continue to grow in June as consumers looked for a much needed night out. According to preliminary data from the U.S. Census Bureau, for the month of June, eating and drinking places netted $70.6 billion in total sales on a seasonally adjusted basis. That total was a 2.3% rise for May's volume and is the fifth increase in the first half of the year. So things are looking a little bit brighter. That calls for some finger snaps. I like it. I had to practice those before I got on. I had to make sure I could get the finger snaps down. It's been a while. (laughs) And it it definitely does. And the National Restaurant Association did say that sales in June were $4.4 billion, which is a 6.6% increase above pre pandemic levels in 2020. Pretty impressive. And it certainly seems like the restaurant industry is moving in the right direction. But with that said, there is still a lot of work to be done. The MPD group says that the key to the industry's recovery will be the strength of each day part, meaning morning meal, lunch, dinner, and PM snack. And as we all know, we've developed new routines post-pandemic, whether that's home life, school, or work life. So MPD says that recovery will differ for those day parts depending on these new rhythms that we've developed, um, which I think is actually pretty interesting. I mean, if you just look at Erner Berry, uh, we, I mean, we've switched over to a hybrid model. So we're in the office at least three days a week and then working from home the remaining two days. And I know that has certainly impacted my food service spending. So I'm sure, you know, other people who are in similar situations can say the same thing. I know pre-pandemic, I probably stopped for breakfast and lunch, you know, twice a week. You know, because it's like breakfast, you're going in, you're running late, and I guess you're running late, you probably shouldn't stop, but I would stop anyway. <laughs> and then lunch is a social thing, you know, you want, you want to go out with your coworkers and, and catch up, you know, and then, you know, those nights when you're driving home, you're just like, I'm going to stop and pick something up because I just don't feel like cooking. <laughs> so I'm not saying that I completely stopped eating out, but the extra couple of days at home has definitely helped with uh, meal prepping. So I think in the past mm-hmm. month, I've only bought breakfast um, once and, and maybe lunch twice, but I will definitely say that I have cooking fatigue at night. Like we don't really go out to eat because I have an almost two year old and eating dinner out with a toddler is just not an enjoyable experience. Ryan, take that from me, but, <laughs> but we order takeout a lot. And I've got to say that I love the curbside pickup and the improved online ordering that has resulted from the pandemic. has also been top notch for me, but, mm-hmm. uh, what about you, Ryan? So my experience, I can say already since coming back to the office, we came back, I guess, started July. I've already been out to eat at lunch with colleagues multiple times. Um, We've had a few new faces. So, you know, introductions doing, you know, if it's a pizza place down the street, a nicer restaurant, I've been, I've been all over the place already for lunch. So my lunch spending is probably like 
quadrupled um, since before working at home. I was, you know, it was a walk to the fridge. Um, and and now, now are and especially you, since, you know, from before the pandemic, are you, do you think mm-hmm. you're eating out more now to catch up with people and socialize? I think, I, yeah, I think the social life is kind of back. Um, I think there was, in particular, you know, certain people, you know, that might have been a little hesitant mm-hmm. um, to go out. And especially people at work, like, you're not going to, like, you know, meet up with them for, you know, because everyone's schedule is a little different working from home as well. Um, you have some people that maybe have the kids at home or they have the pet they're taking care of. So I would say socially, um, you're, I'm definitely eating out more. And, and at least during the pandemic, um, I did, like you said, take advantage of those um, takeout and curbside delivery and, and delivery services, um, whether it was chains or whether it was mom and pop type stores. Um, I will say my habits changed a ton during the pandemic, but it does seem like over this last, last month, it is coming back to normal, um, taking more time to eat out at lunch, um, having a chat um, for some people I work with, um, catching up with some friends on the weekends, which even then wasn't really something, you know, you couldn't do anything. Um, you couldn't eat in there and you couldn't catch up. You had to order takeout and meet back at a house. If you're having a small gathering, um, you know, later in the pandemic when things started to open up a little bit, but for sure things are getting back to normal. And it's, it's really only been a two weeks for us here in Jersey. Um, and it's really, it's really opened my eyes at how, how different, um, my spending was and you know, how much I was at restaurants in the past. Yeah. I mean, it's probably benefited for you. I, I don't want to, you know, blow your cover right now, but I know you're in the middle of buying a house. I'm sure saving that yep. money during, <laughs> oh yeah, during oh yeah, See, not going out to eat. That's probably helped, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because you're, you know, you're like, oh, I, and again, meal prep was a big thing. Um, you know, I don't have the two year old running around, but still, you know, I, you know, you have to find time to make sure you know what you're making for dinner, what you're cooking for lunch the next day, what's in the fridge if I'm taking that walk from my laptop uh, into the kitchen. <laughs> you know, it's that long that, and, and now it's like, oh, you know what? I'll just go and we'll just pick something up tonight. Yeah. But like you said, it's back to normal. I don't know if that's good, you know, for my wallet, but it's good at least for you know socially and and you know when I'm feeling a little lazy. A hundred percent. So uh, now I know we were just talking about June food service figures, but let's jump back to some interesting figures from May that the NPD group shared. Oh, yes, for sure. So according to NPD, visits um, online and physical at morning meal, which includes the breakfast and a.m. snack periods, were down 5% in May 2021 when compared to May 2020. And for a pre-pandemic view, it was down 11% compared to the same month two years ago. Uh, As we discussed, this day part is habitual, so NPD Group says that recovery here will depend on consumers returning to work and school. So it'll be interesting to see how this figure changes come September and all the kids are back at school. Yeah. Now, looking at lunch traffic in May, MPD Group reports that it was down 4% compared to a year ago and 10% compared to two years ago. Like the morning meals, lunch will depend on return to offices and other midday activities like shopping. Uh, The dinner day part was down 5% in May from a year ago and down 12% from two years ago. MPD says that the ability for restaurants to operate at total capacity, as well as consumer comfort for di- uh, with dining in and more businesses and recreational travel, you know, restarting, um, that will all aid with this day part recovery. And now I know some California counties have tightened mass restrictions recently as the result of the Delta variant, but since May, most states have dropped coronavirus restrictions. But with that said, they may still not be operating at total capacity due to labor shortages. You know, obviously, I didn't see the coronavirus coming. <laughs> I don't think any of us ever expect to be forced <laughs> to lock down over a virus. Um, mm-hmm. But I tell you, I am shocked over the labor shortage issue. Um, I know my husband is a beverage manager for a restaurant group on Long Beach Island in New Jersey. And um, the stories he's coming home with are, are pretty insane. 
I mean, he's in charge of ordering alcohol for a couple of restaurants, and yet he's been working in a food truck on Saturdays because that's where his company mm-hmm. desperately needs help. So it's kind of like, you know, they're just, it's all hands on deck, you know, wherever they need help, they're, they're just, they're putting people. Um, and he tells me like, you know, even though they have open tables, they can't see people because they don't have the staff to take care of them. Um, they even had to close one of their kitchens early one night because of it. And it's not just, you know, the wait staff that they're short staffed with. They don't have chefs, they don't have washers. So they're not only losing from that aspect, but people are also getting fed up with slow service and deciding that they're better off staying home and cooking, which honestly, that's a better alternative. I've also read stories about restaurants shutting down to give their employees a, a day off to deal with like the mental aspect of it. I don't know if you've heard, read mm-hmm. those stories about people oh, yeah. just being rude and just like verbally assaulting some you mm-hmm. know, restaurant workers. Oh, no, for sure. You see them, you know, there's people that are there hustling, working really hard and, you know, being, I guess, on the side of the industry, we're kind of aware of this situation that's happening. So I think we come in with a little more patience, but there's definitely been those situations where I've seen businesses that uh, you're like, oh, that, that was open last week. Wonder, you know, and they probably were just doing that day off to do a little mental health check on everybody because it has been uh, a crazy of late as things have opened up. And uh, according to the National Restaurant Association, in May, employment at eating and drinking establishments was at 1.5 million jobs before pre-pandemic levels or down about 12%. And as a result, the other thing that you're seeing is that restaurants that used to be open seven days a week for lunch and dinner are no longer offering that. Hours are being cut, and in some cases, they're deciding to just close together on a, altogether on a weekday. And now it's easy to spi- spiral down this rabbit hole of COVID struggles, but overall, I think that there is a lot, of, a lot to be optimistic about in the industry. As Erner Berry analyst Angel Rubio noted in the latest edition of Erner Berry's Reporter magazine, food service is undoubtedly recovering faster than anticipated. Rapid price increases at the wholesale level are possibly the best indicator to help identify the recovery trend. And this pent-up demand from food service operators as restaurants and bars reopen across the U.S. has been one of the main drivers from late February and early March to early June. Disposable income levels rose significantly in 2020. I mean, you couldn't spend money on travel or other fun recreational things, and <laughs> and it certainly didn't make sense to shop for new clothes if you weren't leaving the house. <laughs> Um, So people have money to spend, and they're absorbing these higher prices at restaurants and the grocery store. And according to Rubio, as long as consumers continue to absorb rising uh, prices relative to their income levels, notably as unemployment decreases, the current upward pricing trend will likely remain as the food service sector recovers and continues to push prices up. So according to the National Restaurant Association, 2020 ended with total sales uh, $240 billion below their pre-pandemic forecast for the year. And the association forecasts that 2021 sales will reach a total of $731.5 billion. So it'll be interesting to see if total sales reach that forecast this year. And now this food service recovery podcast is part of Erner Berry's Insights Week. But that doesn't mean our coverage ends here. You can always find ongoing coverage of food service recovery on Seafood News and Comtel. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.